So today is such a gift. I am so excited to welcome my dear sister friend of many, many years, who also happens to be a sound artist producing sounds and beats through her mouth in what is most commonly referred to as beatboxing. Ashley Sewa Moyer is an award-winning female beatboxer and better known among our extended creative communities as the Beatbox Queen. Thank you for being with me to share some knowledge, sister, and share some beats with us today. I love you so much, Ash, and I'm so grateful for us to have this time. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you, Aww, Ginger. <laughs> it's so good to see you and to hear you. Mm. I, I love that. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I, yeah, I just feel so grateful to see you and your beautiful gold microphone <laughs> and your vibrant smile. Uh -huh. I just yes. want to start with a little background. Um, like, what is the creation story of the Beatbox Queen? Where did you pick up the skill and what inspired you to master it? Where did I pick up the skill? I mean, as far as I can remember, I was always imitating people, mimicking voices and using my abilities to, I guess, just uh, like... Okay, so in my family, if you can clown somebody really accurately, then you are doing big things. So I had like 13 or 14 first cousins, and we were all around the same age, and we grew up together. So I was always a tomboy running with, you know, the boys and the girls, but trying to always, you know, really earn uh, a place with the boys to be able to do all the cool stuff that they would do and go the places they would go. And one of the ways that I learned how to do that was to keep up with their, with their shit talking. Can I cuss? Yeah. Is that cool? Keep up with their shit talking, be able to like cut it up, you know, and hold my own and, and kind of, um, contribute to the fun in a way where I wasn't always crying or, or sensitive about things. So it kind of started in that regard where I was able to have that connection, um, with like my masculine side as a girl, and then also be able to hold my own among the boys. And that really gave me that skill to be able to have the confidence, um, you know, to clown on them, to imitate their mannerisms of their bodies, to imitate their voices if something happened to them and to really bring out whatever it was, that was the, the funny part to life by imitating those things on point. And so later on in high school, I heard one of my peers beatboxing. And so I already had this skill of like being able to listen to really fine details, vocal inflections, certain like muscles or like where the tongue was placed, I could hear how somebody was saying something and, and my muscles and my body would recreate it with, with little to no, um, I, I wouldn't really have to try too hard, I guess. Uh, so, um, with him beatboxing, I was just enthralled with that. And I just decided I would try it. And again, like kind of just being, um, not, afraid as a girl. I mean, at this point I was like 16 years old, um, you know, as a teenage girl going through all of that stuff, it still wasn't, um, scary for me to just say, I'm going to try this or, or just because he's doing it doesn't mean I, I can't do it or whatever. So I basically just did it. Um, 
it was during lunch and he was doing a, a whole like set from Rozelle. So we were like in high school about this time. It was like 2002, I think. And Rozelle, you know, was huge in like, I want to say like late nineties, maybe like 97 or something like that. So he was doing some material from Rozelle that was like late nineties. And this was the first time I'd ever heard beatboxing or heard Razel, I had never heard what he was doing before. And then it was only later that I realized that what he was doing was actually a set that he performed or that had been recorded for his album. So yeah, there I went to my next class after lunch, after hearing that. And I just sat there the whole time, which is pretty much just how I went through school was just entertaining people and distracting them and just trying to be like, this is not important. What they're saying is not true. Like, I don't know what I was doing, but it was like, let's just live and be happy. So I was always the class clown, always the entertainment. And I just, you know, of course I got in trouble, but I was there just trying to figure out how he did those sounds. And a lot of people around me were um, looking at me and asking, you know, did you just learn how to do that? You know, like one day I'm beatboxing, you know, like the whole time I had never beatboxed and then one day I'm beatboxing. And so I was like, yeah, I just, I just heard this. I'm going to, I'm trying it out. And they were like, that sounds really good. And of course, like when you're, um, I think like kind of a natural born entertainer, you're always looking for that, like recognition or that like positive reinforcement that like whatever you are thinking is entertaining is actually entertaining. (laughs) And so they were like, that sounds really good. And uh, I just kept with it. And at first it was just that uh, it was just an interest and an intriguing thing that I heard that I just wanted to try. And I got the feedback that I was naturally good at it. So um, I just started to do it. And then shortly after that, we were doing freestyle Fridays every Friday, uh, in the concourse of my high school, which is uh, a show that used to be on BET every Friday where they would just put like an instrumental beat. And then there was different MCs that would come on the show and just rap to the beat. And so we had our own little version of that in my high school and me and the other kid would, uh, his name is Darren. We would go back and forth and we would hold down the cipher. And that was where I really kind of stepped into the other part of it. It was just kind of an interesting thing I I thought I could do and I tried it and I could do it. And then it turned into understanding uh, the responsibility and the shared space of a cipher. And uh, that's where I think I really stepped into this other part that is now such a fundamental part of my set, which is responding to people's energy and how they're speaking Um, so that was the beginning. It was just ciphers at school, just, you know, youth spitting what was on their mind and being, uh, little MCs and me and Darren going back and forth and me having to learn how to breathe, how to, how to project, how to be heard in the cipher, how to hold my own and not get kicked out and be like, wow, she's whack, you know, get out of here. She can't do whatever. So I was like stepping up to the plate and I just found myself in that space where I was like, dang, I'm doing this. Like I'm the only girl in this cipher. It's just me, Darren and a bunch of dudes rapping. And so that wasn't really shocking to me to kind of be in those male dominated spaces. Cause that was kind of how I had already grown up. Um, but it definitely felt good to be an adolescent, you know, teenage girl who was getting a different type of acknowledgement from my, um, male, um, classmates that wasn't tied to any sort of like sexual attention or some sort of weird validation that I think a lot of girls seek, you know, 
um, it was like, yo, you beatbox. Oh, that's so sick. So I was getting like props and that really fueled the fire again too, where, um, I was doing something that a lot of the boys couldn't do. Um, and the girls of course supported it too. Um, they just thought it was so cool. I think girls are always like, oh my God, like when they see girls doing things that are like, you don't see girls doing, I think it's natural to just be like, you go girl. Like, so it was just a really positive thing. Um, and so it started as that. And then as soon as I graduated, I was seeking places in the community to continue to beatbox and perform and ended up finding out through a friend that there was uh, this bar here in town that is now no longer existing, but it was called Burt's Tiki Lounge here in Albuquerque. And it, uh, they had like a Wednesday hip hop night and I went one night, I was like, well, I got to go. This is the only direction I know in my city where I can maybe continue to do hip hop or beatbox. And I went one night, um, I was 19 or 18. I think it was 18. And I got there really early. Like now I know like when you're 21, you don't go to any bars that early. I was there at like eight o'clock or something. I went by myself and (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I went by myself just seeking this community and this opportunity. And, um, you know, they, at the time it wasn't like a fourth degree felony to serve alcohol to minors. So they let me into the bar as an 18 year old. And I signed a, a paperwork that said, um, I wouldn't drink or I wouldn't go on this certain part of the, of the bar that was, uh, where the bar was. I had to just stay on this tile area, which was fine. That's where the DJ was and the dance floor. So I was like, yeah, cool. I don't drink anyway, whatever. I'm here for beatboxing here for hip hop, you know? So I waited and slowly, um, people trickled in and then the DJs came and the MCs came and I kind of just observed and watched who did what. And then when I kind of established who was hosting and running the show and whatever I approached them. And I just said, this is, you know, I'm a beatboxer. I would, I would love to like beatbox here or, you know, just, you know, whatever. I don't know what I said, but I basically was like, I came here to beatbox. (laughs) How do I do that? And, um, and before I knew it, you know, he came back, he was like, well, let me, uh, let me go talk to the, what I don't know who, but he came back and he was like, you're going to battle. And I, I had never battled before ever you're all and (laughs) there I was (laughs) yeah there I was like okay I had never beatboxed on a microphone on a sound system and they put me up against um I think I was up against like two or three other uh guys who were already over 21 who had already been doing hip-hop night who had already had mic experience who had already been kind of shaped you know shaping who they were as artists and they beatboxed too. And before I knew it, I was up against them and we were having a, a battle. And um, we went like, I don't know, like two or three rounds or something. And pretty quickly, I was moving up through the ranks, all the women in the crowd, because it was crowd-based, like who wins? All the women were screaming so loud when they put their hand over me. Um, and I won that battle. <laughs> Amazing. And it wasn't that the women were just like, yeah, she's okay. And we want her to win. It was like, people were noticeable, like noticeably taken back by my, my, by my ability. And I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't sure how I was going to do. I had never had any sort of experience like that. So it was like these compounding, um, things through my life where I had kind of, um, built, uh, 
you know, these reinforcements of the universe kind of saying like, you're doing good, keep going. This is, you know, you're doing good, keep going. You're doing good. So there I was, I won that battle. And almost immediately after that, people in the crowd just started to approach me from, from the community. And they basically just, you know, were like, I work for this nonprofit or I do this or da da da. So will you come through? Will you come perform? And that really, um, that grassroots, I don't know, just the way that it happened is just what has, has been, uh, the trajectory of, of my path. So that's how I got started. And what shaped me into who I am now was that, um, again, the universe was only presenting me with really specific opportunities that I wanted to be a part of. And I think that I've always been really, uh, careful about, what I'm doing and if it's in alignment with who I am and what I believe. And I've always been an activist. I think even since I was a little kid, I've always been, you know, on the team Ferngully, like I want to like help nature and I want to like see, you know, animals be taken care of and I want to see people be treated with respect and dignity. And so um, every every show or every organization or every person that's ever called to offer me a, a show, it's usually in that vein. And so that's become um, the main uh, source of opportunity for me to continue to get up and use beatboxing as a way to kind of connect with people and uh, help them to feel closer to a cause. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I've done with it. And it's been an amazing vehicle for that. And that has been really, um, I think it started as just like, oh, I can do this. And then like over the years, I've just found myself completely beside myself with how profound um, beatboxing has been in my life and how it's really just kind of, I don't think I really knew what I was stepping into when I said I was down for this ride. And I still, to this day, I'm like, holy crap, like this is, it's taken over my life. And I think it just needed, you know, whatever this, when I say this, I think it's like the, the circuit of, um, I don't know, just creativity and connection. It's really just rerouted, um, everything. And it's had, it's, it's had me continuously step up to the plate and push me further and further out of my comfort zone, um, to answer the call and to believe in my, in my gift. So, I'm still learning how to, how to do it, <laughs> but that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. My knowledge about what your skills are and where they come from is from producing events with you over for like at least 13 years <laughs> and witnessing, I know, witnessing your evolution as a performance artist, like, like having points, I didn't know you when you were that young at Burt's, but just having points in my mind of you coming out to like the old humble space in Santa Fe and like performing for us and you blowing up our minds, you know, and hip hop is like such a like male dominated space, you know, and the work mm -hmm. you do with your mouth and the air and tone and melody and percussion, it feels so radical. And I can, it, it's almost like shocking when you first 
hear it and witness it coming out of you. And I've witnessed right. audience members like view your performance and the reaction can feel as if they like don't believe that you're producing that sound. Right. <laughs> and yeah. as like a femme presenting woman, how have you carved out that space to be heard and respected for your craft in such a cis hetero dominated culture? Like where where are you at now in that space and how how do you hold that space? Well, I think that, you know, I've known since I was young that the limitations that were kind of already structurally and societally laid out as to how I was supposed to act and whatever my grandma used to always tell me when I was little, like, girl, ladies don't sit that way. Ladies don't do this. Ladies don't. Da, da, da. And I was always like, just out of control, just sitting with my legs open at the, at the chair and the dinner table, or I was blowing like spit bubbles or I don't know what I was doing, but I was just never, <laughs> yeah. I was never the lady. And then in high, in like middle school and, and high school, um, I was definitely, uh, kind of just learning how my, uh, I guess my own shape that my psyche was taking and how I was seeing the world was that, girls from my own power and how I knew how to influence the people around me and and how to gain respect through the way that I treated people, how I, how I decided I was going to think about things that gave me this idea that if I am presenting myself and treating people in a way that I feel like people should be presenting and treating themselves, which now I know is like just basically a more mindful approach of like living um, then women are just as capable, if not more capable of being taken seriously, like how men are, and we shouldn't be, uh, some second sex or anything like that, or, or less than, or whatever, just like, that was just something that I kind of just grew into realizing. And then when beatboxing came along, um, like I said, I, I noticed how I was getting that acknowledgement and that positive reinforcement and those props from, from the boys around me. And I mean, those classmates were always supportive, but after high school and in different settings, being on the street or in different bars or w- different shows or wherever, I would always encounter, um, you know, guys saying girls can't do that. Girls shouldn't do that or whatever. And then I would just rip into something almost like with a vengeance just to like make a point. And then sometimes they wouldn't even be able to like make eye contact with me after that. You know, they wouldn't, they they can't talk to me anymore or something, but it was good to just feel that because it's like, I love checking. um, I think just like those really like patriarchal systems or those, or those really misogynistic ways of thinking where guys only think of girls as these really quiet, meek, incapable I don't know what like these creatures that are just less than or can't like the guys have a hard time sometimes seeing women do things that they can't do and do them well and Mm. so for me it became um like this opportunity every time I got on stage where I definitely always like to dress um I wouldn't say it's ever been about like a TNA thing for me because I always wanted my talent to speak for itself. I never wanted it to get on stage and be like my whole boobs are out and like little skirt and what just hypersexualized. Um, so I always dressed like just with the mindfulness of just classiness, like a little edginess, but just always classy and just comfortable and knowing that I wasn't catering to anybody's 
um, gaze, but it was like those those outfits that made me feel like a warrior are powerful, you know? And in that sense, it was like, I love being in platform stilettos or, or something that was just like sexy without being revealing. And that was my, my space because I felt like once I beatboxed, I was revealing so much more, um, vulnerability and power and strength that, you know, the outfit was just kind of like cool or whatever. So, um, being like super femme presenting was always fun because I knew it was also just a curveball for the audience um, who had never seen me or who didn't know me. They were, you know, I've heard so many people over the years be like, I saw you and I thought you were going to come out and sing. And then you just like drop this low end bass. And I, oh my God. And then they're just like, you know, their eyes are just lit up. And I'm just like, I know, I don't know how it happens either, but thank you. So with that, Basically, it just was an opportunity over and over again to say the women in the audience felt emboldened and empowered by just my sheer act of taking up space and not being apologetic for it and not being, you know, intimidated by it and not whatever. Like I knew what I came there to do. And I just have always thankfully had the ability to do that. And so now, you know, over the years, I've tried to throw all female hip hop showcases uh, because I feel like all of the opportunities that I've had to beatbox and perform were so fundamental and essential in order for me to feel good and to get better at performing. And then I just realized there was this huge deficiency in a lot of other female identifying artists that they weren't being given that opportunity as much as I was. So of course, they're not going to get booked as much or nobody's going to know them because they're never like on stage. So I just felt that I needed to, uh, you know, contribute that that uh, platform that I had had and, and turn it around and try to make more space for all female hip hop showcases. And I've had a couple shows that I've thrown here uh, in Albuquerque before. And I mean, the turnout is always massive. Everybody always wants to see that. Everybody is definitely like, this is what we need. And that is where I was always just kind of noticing I would, I would be the only female on a lineup for years at a show. And I was just always wondering like, like how come these guys don't ever get sick of seeing the same old guys? It's always the same stuff. And so why is there not more diversity? And like, why are, why are they always just, you know, they would always call me and that was cool. It gave me a lot of that, of that opportunity, but it was just like, something's got to change. And I, and it's still that way. And so, um, I think that what has fueled me to continue to be more, um, I guess just more of, of this like dominant, I'm, I'm like a dominant female act now, I think is what it is, is like, I am like this, I kind of grew into this whole other thing where like, I realize how much, uh, we're up against as women in the world. I think now that I'm in my, the middle of my life as a, as a 35, I don't know, is that middle? I don't know. I feel like an old lady, but (laughs) you have a ways to go girl. (laughs) I'm like, it's been a long time. Um, but I just feel like in that space of 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 all of this all of this stuff that I've been going through over the 18 years that I've been beatboxing it's now more about showing my teeth a little bit in a way that is assertive and strong and I I 
I don't want to say that I'm, I'm a bitch, but I don't mind being called a bitch. If I'm saying something that is necessary and that a lot of women are feeling and I'm able to convey that power and, and, um, like I said, just take up that space Mm. without pandering to anybody's, um, Oh, I wish she would do it like this, or I wish it was a, 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 like, you know, I'll get on the mic and I'll be box and I'll say whatever I want to say, um, about, about movements, about protesting, about, you know, whatever it is. I just, I just feel so, so much more, um, at this point, like the, um, the guidedness of this, of this life of beatboxing, I don't question it. It's really just kind of hijacked me and I trust it. And I just know that almost all the time it's going to provide what, what it needs to provide. And so now I'm just in this more like divine feminine state with it. And, um, I just try to, to model that and to show that to other, other girls and to other women, like you don't have to have an example there was no female beatboxers when I started beatboxing. There was no YouTube that I didn't learn from YouTube. I didn't let nobody taught me. I taught myself and I didn't see any f- women beatboxing to look up to and be like, well, it's okay. She's doing it. So I could too type thing. Um, so I try to live in that space where it's like, believe in yourself, no matter what it is. And um, just know that you can go far. You can create amazing things. You can make waves and you can really change the world by just trusting in your intuition and your abilities and the change that you want to see. And so now it's just a very empowered place where I'm at. And, you know, I could take it in a lot of different directions and know that I have a lot more control. Um, and I'm not at risk of being, you know, manipulated or, or turned into a product or, um, exploited in some way. And so now I, I'm just trying to take it in that direction where I call the shots and I know why I'm, why I'm calling those shots. And it's not to try to get any sort of, uh, I don't know, like any sort of notoriety or blow up or whatever, you know, uh, it's just purely for, um, you know, we're here and we're going to do this no matter what it is. And we shouldn't ever waver in that. Hell yeah. <laughs> what she said. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, just speaking of the, that powerful space that you're holding right now, um, I know that you've been kind of, um, experimenting with like bringing in different ways to explore your craft. Um, I've seen you performing with a loop pedal. I've seen you like, yeah, just kind of playing around with all these different variations. And do you want to kind of give us a sample of what you're up to now? Like what, what kind of sound is coming out of you and what you're interested in? Um, just give us a little taste. Okay. So yeah. Um, I've loved, I've loved always beatboxing live on the microphone and just having the ability to really wow people with my stamina (laughs) and my breath control. And it's been, (laughs) it's been funny because, you know, I, I kind of have fought against technology in my sets because I don't want it to become a crutch or I don't want it to seem like, oh yeah, she's good, but she could probably be better. Um, blah, 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 whatever. Like, but she's good, but she's not doing that all on her own type of thing, you know? So I'm like, after 18 years, I guess people maybe understand that I have the ability to just hang on my own without technology. So (laughs) (laughs) yes, we all know your skills, girl. (laughs) So 
but now I'm finally like, okay, I'll try it, you know, but it is so new Mm -hmm. um, and scary. And, you know, I have, you know, to think about and and fill a beat and have my body just kick in, kick into, kick into gear and make it is one thing, but um, yeah. So going into this loop station world is another thing. And uh, I recently was gifted this boss RC 50 or wait, RC 505. I used to have the RC 50, but the the 505 is what I see a lot of beatboxers using. And so I'm kind of just dipping my toe in the water and just seeing what happens. Uh, I think that I want to write more songs and use it as, as like a tool to, to perform songs on. But for now I'll just kind of loop some, I don't know what is going to happen as I usually don't because I just freestyle everything but let me see what happens if I just try to lay something down so thank you yeah um let's see also using this cool little um chaos pad that has like other like synthy um computer noises like I, I put this little yes you know? I love the chaos pad yeah. so, so I'm trying to like integrate that into it because one the one of my most favorite noises it's ma- it makes is this drum this kick bass it's just like so sick oh juicy like that's just how I want to do it <laughs> it's which is so easy right just beatbox freestyle and then just push the buttons but I'm trying to learn all of this at once um but that's where I'm headed uh 
I still love just running with the audience and being receptive. I think when I was at this show that we just did at the site Santa Fe um, last Wednesday for the all female hip hop showcase, I took my loop station and it was cool to build that type of thing just in front of the audience, just to show that diversity. But what I found was it was really taking me away from that ability to just feed off the crowd and to feel like a circuit and to really just run with that vibe and that energy. And so I told him that like, this was fun. Thank you for listening to that. But at the same time, I think that I just need to run and like, just fill you guys out and just produce and just go. And then that's when I think we really can take off. So um, I'm kind of glad that I did that because now I know that when I go back, I want to have a song or something a little more curated with the loop station. So it's not so just flying by the seat of my pants, the freestyle without it works so much better. Um, but I'm glad that now I have this ability to kind of add all those other layers that I hear in my head, but I'm already doing like five or six sounds simultaneously. Yeah. yeah it's funny how we can feel like planning and curating like a composition or something can be restrictive but it actually does open us up to being able to be present with an audience and kind of bring in these new things mm -hmm. and it's just it's just practicing and figuring out your flow and falling in love with what works mm -hmm. and what doesn't and messing up yeah. and not and yeah and and composing something that you can just like nail and still yes, lock eyes yes, with the yes, audience. That, that, that part. I always close my eyes a lot of the time when I'm performing because I'm I'm so um it's like a meditation in a way. I think that I've I just kind of tap out and I just I'm I'm being more receptive to other senses that I'm not uh so dominant with a lot of the time in life, which is like watching everything i think that we're so keen on seeing things and taking it as reality or, or our perception makes it seem like it's one way but when you close your eyes and you perceive things in a different way and then you're able to um transfer that back uh through through energy and through vibration i think that's a whole other thing so yeah through your gift i mean my mom plays the violin and she always says i'm not playing it like <laughs> i'm just like channeling the universe exactly. through me yeah I'm like give yourself some credit yeah. but i get what you're saying <laughs> just like that exactly <laughs> uh but speaking of when you mentioned that show at site santa fe that you just mm -hmm. did um uh, you dedicate a lot of your time and energy towards performance and workshops and community awareness and development of education through acceptance of alternative music outlets. And can you talk about how beatboxing is a bridge to solidarity with communities who may need support and access to creative outlets? And what are some ways you bring in movements or activations that you're passionate about to support? Like what, where is that bridge for you and how does beatboxing do that? Well, kind of like what I had said about, you know, shows and opportunities coming to me. Uh, I've never called anywhere and asked to perform, but I've performed hundreds of times over. I think I've been beatboxing for like 18 years, but I've been performing for about 15. And the constant, uh, basically the path that the universe wanted me to be on with beatboxing has always been about environmental justice and human rights and organizing and standing up for those who can't stand up for themselves or bringing awareness and attention to things that are falling to the wayside, but are so crucial and so important. And so 
with all of that as my foundation and and where I want to be and what I want to be known as and and like those small audiences of really connecting with people that whole thing not only paved the way for my career to be a very specific job that I felt that I had to do but because I have that opportunity so much I don't want to squander that uh, projection and amplification of my voice and my talent. If I don't have anything um, worthwhile or important um, as I see it to say on the mic or to talk about or to um, bring up, because there's so many different people who can come to a show who may see me who have no idea what hip hop is or beatboxing, but then they may really have no idea how oppressed people um, are living in the world or how, um, you know, just unjust the whole system is and and who's facing what. And so I really always love to use beatboxing and my, my platform on the mic and that moment to bridge that because they're listening to me. I know that they're captivated. I know that they are enjoying it. I know that I have that moment where I can kind of just slip in whatever message I want to slip in. And it's not going to be like, what? Like people aren't going to be shocked by it. So I've gotten really good about going up there, you know, plugging into people on this really deep emotional level. I think beatboxing and breath work and drums are all like super primal. And then I think it just unlocks this thing in their heart and their soul. And they kind of remember that they can feel a certain way, or maybe they've never felt that way in their life. And so it's this really intimate human thing. And so when that is unlocked and there's that transfer of energy and emotion, I don't have to really say anything about that and describe that because I know that it's being, it's happening. So in that moment, that is when I love to just say, well, I have some people here that are going to perform with me tonight, or I have somebody who wants to come up and read some poetry, or um, I have this recording and I wanted to just play it for you because at the end of the day, it is hip hop. And I always love to stay more true to the old school hip hop of, of activism and speaking on things that are happening and not just getting into like super booty bass as much as I love just like crunking out sometimes and just making dope dance beats. I love you know, what hip hop stood for, for me when I was young and listening to MCs, uh, you know, rap about conscious hip hop and rap about all the injustices that we're finally now talking about on these really uh, large scales. But hip hop has been talking about all of that for the longest time. Um, so for me, I, I think that that's the bridge that I always want to come back to is just speaking, um, truth and just having respect and being honest about, um, you know, what is really happening and just making sure that uh, anybody who, I mean, there's like just so many people that are going through so many struggles and we just live in these really narrow channels of life and experience. And so if I can become aware of those other things and maybe crack that world open just for a moment and just kind of shed light on something, that is how I use it as a bridge. And that is how I want to always use my privilege of having all of these opportunities to perform. And so many people that are like, you're amazing. You're great. Come perform. I always want to be able to like 
say, that's great, cool, but I'm, I'm going to use it as an opportunity to just to better the world and bring awareness and just always have that real hip hop root to it. So that's mainly how I use it. Mm. It's, it's reminding me of what you were speaking on earlier of mindfulness, you know, and I feel like that's just such a beautiful like texture of hip hop that has like been lost through the years. Like mm -hmm. we, we've, yeah, gone to this instant, instant gratification, this really visceral, like booty mentality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, there is a time and place and it's important, but I love that you're kind of bringing back that mindfulness and like maintaining that ethos of like the origins of hip hop. And then through a lens of a woman, a femme lens, mm -hmm. like there's even another layer mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. strength and resiliency. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, just that mama, mama energy of like, I'm going to check you and I'm going to be stern, but it's love. And like, you need to hear this. And it's not about like, just coming at people in this really crazy way. Like you're not doing enough. You're always messing everything. It's like, no, like we are always, you know, um, we're not aware of our blind spots and life is hard and it's complex and people are very complex. And we're always changing and there's so much going on. So I think that it's just one way for me to just take my own awareness of how mindful maybe I can be sometimes, or I'm just worrying about all of these problems in the world and I want to fix everything. And I'm able to kind of just narrow it down for the moment and just say, this is one thing that I wish could be a little different. And I wish a little more awareness could be brought to it. And so that's what I try to do. Uh, with my performances and my, and my voice and my beatboxing is just kind of boil my anxiety and my existential crisis down into one, you know, one cause or one movement or one whatever for that show and just say, I, I support this. So if I connected with them energetically and I made them feel something emotional and we feel some sort of just shared love, they're going to be like, I want to know more about that. Or I want to help that because I like her beatboxing. And so maybe I should support with say what supports, you know? So it's just this little like seed. <laughs> um, and I mean, I may be way out there with that uh, wish, but that's just kind of like what I hope happens, you know? No, I think that that's exactly what music does, right? Um, it inspires and it does. It just leaves these like traces of seeds and you, you can't force a seed to grow. <laughs> you can plant it, but... <laughs> you can't. You cannot. And I can't control how people feel, you know, and I think this is all just like an intention that I want to have. I want people to really feel connected and close yeah. and united and... Um, and powerful and reminded of, of our, our nature and our root as, as a community, as mm. a species that cares and needs to be, um, you know, close and aware of each other. Yes. And, you know, like one of my most favorite things about you as a person and artist is that you're so down to experiment with like new forms of expression and who you work with and where you roll to. I mean, you've toured with Coco Rosie, who are mm -hmm. friends. You've like, like experienced outside of the conventional hip hop scene. You've been in New York, you've been in music videos, all all these different aspects of performance and everything in between. And you're you come home, you come back to your community, you come back to your people, you root in, you ground out, you do the work. And that feels so hip hop to me, you know, that feels mm -hmm. so community based. And 
like, how is that choice? Do you feel like you're missing out on being in the world? Or is this something that like you, you're choosing consciously, like this is where you needed to be is in Albuquerque with your people? Uh, I think that a majority of, of my twenties was, was traveling and, and doing things outside of, of Albuquerque away, away from my community, away from New Mexico. Um, but there was always like a lot of, uh, like just guilt around that because my family's here and I was just worried about leaving them and spending that time alone. And I think when we think about leaving home, we think it's going to be forever. And I just kind of realized that my lifestyle is I'm a gypsy. I love to collect all of all of those experiences and be in those different groups of people in those different um, just geographical locations, but also energetic shifts where I'm just around a bunch of people that are living in maybe a different class, like Coco Rosie. It's a different class of people, like famous people, rich people. Like I had never been in that bubble of, of society or whatever. And so to kind of experience and see behind the curtain of what big, like big time indie showbiz, but also they had access to a lot of big time stuff. And like, I got to peer behind that curtain and live in that life for a little bit, but then I could come, come to Albuquerque and, spend a little bit of time here working in like the youth detention center with girls that are incarcerated, you know? Um, and kind of like that spectrum of being like, I'm going to inspire these girls to believe in themselves and push themselves to being in a world where like, I'm like, all of these people have made it <laughs> and they kind of just get to continue to make it because there was just this obvious, like when you're in a certain level of society and your art, sometimes opportunities just keep coming and, and then the struggle's gone, you know? Um, so for me, it was good to just be a gypsy and experience that. Uh, and of course that original guilt of leaving my family, um, was always there. So I would always try to come back and visit, but eventually, um, you know, illness brought me back to, to Albuquerque from my family, not being healthy or, or being sick. And I, I felt called back to, to try to help and support, um, and, and, and be there for my family and, um, you know, use a lot of the, the skills and the adaptability skills that I have honed in on as a, as a freelance musician to kind of, um, be a, a rock and a constant strength and know who I am and know how deep, I can access myself in order to share that strength and that guidance with somebody who's, who's wavering and can't see that in themselves. So for me, it was like coming back for the family was, was what I needed to do. And I just trust that when I get the opportunity to travel again, which I still do, it's not as much that those are just little reminders and energetic shifts that I need to keep my, my palate and my, my soul and my, movement as a musician, um, clean and restructured and, you know, just, just getting checked. Like I can pretend like I know everything and I, I'm just set, but I know that every time I travel or meet somebody new, even I have another opportunity to relearn life, you know? So I, at this point, I've just kind of accepted that I have a little more roots here. And um, I have my business here in Albuquerque. So that keeps me very, very much not as gypsified as I would want to be. But, but your get... business, your business, it kind of does both, right? Because you own your own business. Like it's a beatbox beauty company and it allows you to like carve out time to travel. So you've kind of actually done yeah. the opposite in a way. <laughs> 
yeah 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 it 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 it's it's amazing as like an artist to go from being like a struggling starving artist to be like oh i get i get you know it's hard to like get those big paying jobs that are going to last you a few weeks or a few months and then with this opportunity i'm i'm like i'm upset in my um in my in my constant uh i don't know what like i just can wake up i know i'm going to go to work and i'm going to get to meet a lot of amazing people who i get to to help feel better about themselves. And that is rewarding. I get to empower them. They can talk to me about their life, whatever. So I'm doing like little activisms too at that, at that, as an esthetician at Beatbox Beauty. Yes. Um, but, uh, and, and also just like having that panel of like all of these, mostly women, my business, I don't, I don't only want to see women. It just so happens it's primarily that way, but I'm open to everybody. But the women that make up my clientele are just of all walks of life, all age levels. And we can talk about the world. We can talk about experiences that I have or things that I'm going through. And I just get like this amazing panel of uh, feedback. And so I'm just really thankful for that. And I think because every day is different, it's a different it's a different set of uh, services I'm doing. It's a different client. I really love that that kind of is nourishing me in that gypsiness. You know, it's not just the office cubicle with no human interaction or whatever. It's like people want to come see me. They look forward to it and I look forward to them and I'm so thankful to them. So it's just, it's so much more of a a mutually beneficial thing. And I've never really had a, a job like that personal. Um, and so, yeah, I get to mark time off and still do art, but at the same time, I'm thankful that I have this stability. Um, I never really thought that I would have that. And so it's, it's been a learning curve to be so settled down in that way, but, um, I am thankful that I can say, okay, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to go somewhere and I can make that happen. And I don't have to stress about somebody denying that, you know? Um, yeah, it feels so, yeah. like a, a really important part of self-care um, is just like, yeah, just knowing that you got your own back, that you have a support system of strong women who you're able to provide a service for and support and they provide a community. And I just love that. And I think that it's so important right now that we carve those spaces out for ourselves. So yeah, I'm just in awe at like all the ways you're able to kind of like create that same energy in all the in all the worlds that you're building and um we only have time for one more question and i'd love for you to beatbox for us a little bit more if you feel energetically up for it okay um so thank you for that by the way all that stuff yeah <laughs> i just didn't want to interrupt you yeah you're so inspiring to me i'm just like we could do like a three yeah, hour podcast <laughs> But yeah, say what go in in the hot tub though. We have to be in the hot tub. Yes, oh, that'll be um, easy for hours. Um. So nice. yeah, the final question. I think something that I would really just love to pass on energetically um, is: Do you have any words of wisdom or advice for any like young women or queer people or people of color who are navigating kind of going into a space where they aren't the primary activator like how you as a like femme woman went into hip-hop like what are some tools like that we can put in their bag for them as they go into whatever space that they need to yeah um i was telling a friend of mine uh, 
a week or so ago that, you know, when I was in elementary school, I think I was about in third grade, I was going to school every day and I was so worried about if I was cool enough or if my clothes were cool enough or if I was funny or whatever the heck you're doing when you're trying to be an individual. And then you're in the, in a classroom full of other kids and you're just trying to figure out like whatever it is that people do, or we're trying to figure out what our place is in line. And then the pecking order in this weird like system, you know, and it really was kind of amazing that it dawned on me at that age that what I realized was I looked around and I was like, so worried about how I fit in. And if I was good enough. And and then it just came to me that I I just looked around my class and I said, you know what? None of these kids know what the hell they're doing. Nobody knows if they're cool. No, none of us know anything. And we're just trying to look like we're cool enough. We're just trying to pretend like we know what we're doing, but none of us know what we're doing. And it was like that, that moment was one of the main things that has always stuck with me where I realized that that's really just life. Like everybody's trying to pretend to be something or do something, you know, just whatever, just be, say something cool or dress cool or just be acceptable. When in reality, we're all going through that same thought. And so if you just realize that, and you're just like, everybody who's here, woke up this morning and had that same thing go through their mind. Like, should I wear this or should I wear that? Or what is it? Are they going to like me? Is my hair stupid? What are they going to think about my, my non-binary? What are they like? Whatever. It's like everybody is in that same boat. And so I carried that realization with me through my whole life. And that was one of the, the, the things that I didn't, I just stopped thinking about it at some point And it just became, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do this because nobody else is doing it. And I had the nerve to do it. And so if anybody is like, I'm here because I want to do this, that's like really it just do it because we are, I think the, the, the one of the, one of the, one of my most favorite pieces of advice is, um, you know, later on, like in high school, (laughs) Another realization I had was that we are only going to exist one time for all eternity, like just you as you are, just me as I am, you know, and perhaps in other parallel universes, there could be another version, but it's another version. So if you can just like think about that, like nobody knows what they're doing. Everybody's trying to look cool and be cool and do this, whatever. But in reality, if you just are who you are and just know that there's only going to be one of you for all of eternity, you can't go wrong by just showing up and being who you are and taking up that space and just being like, I want to do this. So therefore I'm going to do it because I want to create this art or I want to say this or I want to change the world in this way or I want to get a degree in this because I want to accomplish this or whatever it is. And so those are like my two strongest nuggets that kind of just have always been uh, a guiding light. Like one who gives a fuck what anybody thinks. And yes, you know, two, I, there's only one of me forever. So Mm -hmm. I might as well just have faith in that and rep that for what it is, you know, like Mm -hmm. all of it, all of it and everything. It's not, you know, it's perfect the way it is. Mm, yes, I think that's those are some incredible nuggets. Those are seeds. You're just planting seeds like boop, boop, boop. Yes. <laughs> planting them. I love it. 
well, thank you so much for like just sharing this time with me. It's always Yeah. so, so it makes my heart just like really happy always when I get to be around you Likewise, and Jen. be in community with you. And yeah, if you want to just end us off with some, some of your skills, some of your breath work. Okay. I love <laughs> you. <laughs> I love you.
Say what? 